This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. First weekend without NFL football since Labor Day. So basketball and the NBA take center stage on this night in this city and on this station, 98.7 ESPN New York. It's Pat O'Keefe with you as we get you set for a very big night inside the world's most famous arena, the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers. Bi-coastal rivals for years and years and decades and decades. And it's very rare that these two teams meet up at the height of their powers. And I'm not saying that's what it is right now because the Lakers right now are not at the height of their powers. But the Knicks are pretty darn close and as close as they've been in quite some time. And that is the biggest reason for all of the excitement leading into this game tonight. So it's an 8.30 tip. When the Lakers come to town, they're one trip every single season. That is the ticket. Always has been because they've always had the stars. That is the ticket. And in the last decade, the Golden State Warriors making their one trip to Madison Square Garden each year is the ticket. You know, when I was growing up in the 1990s and coming of age as a Knicks fan back then, the ticket every single year was Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls because the two teams were at the height of their powers, the Knicks and the Bulls, and then you add into it Michael Jordan and everything that he brought, and they were kind of that unconquerable mountain that the Knicks were not able to get over. That was the game back then. Right now, the ticket, the hot ticket is the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors, who actually come into Madison Square Garden at the very end of this month on February 29th on Leap Day. But this is about tonight's game. And the NBA, a handful of years ago, started this new, once the NFL season ends, Saturday night primetime matchup. The biggest matchup of the weekend at 8.30, not on ESPN, on ABC, nationally televised, a marquee matchup every single week. And that is the world that the Knicks live in right now. They've got the Lakers tonight. And then three weeks from now, Saturday night, February 24th, also at the Garden, it'll be the Knicks and the Boston Celtics in this primetime slot. And the thing that is different this time around, as the Knicks go for their 10th consecutive victory, as they look to move further away from the 500 mark, and as they look to push their way further to the top of the Eastern Conference standings. And if you haven't checked the Eastern Conference standings in the last few days, there's not much further for the Knicks to go before reaching the top. But as the Knicks look for all of that tonight and continue their winning ways, the one thing, the biggest thing that is different between, look, we've had big games and we've had events at Madison Square Garden in recent years. You know, when the Lakers come in every year, it's always exciting. When Steph Curry and the Warriors come in, it's always exciting. When Giannis comes in, it's exciting. Um, but the biggest difference now is where the Knicks are, okay? The Knicks are the reason why this is the biggest game on the NBA schedule tonight. The Knicks are the reason why this is such a marquee event tonight. It's not because it's the Lakers. It's not because... It's LeBron James in town. It's not because the game is being played at Madison Square Garden, and a primetime game at Madison Square Garden always has a certain amount of energy or buzz. No, 
Those are all reasons why this is exciting. All of those reasons contribute to why tonight's going to be fun and have a lot of buzz and a lot of atmosphere that is surely already starting to build up inside Madison Square Garden. But the biggest reason that this is the marquee event tonight that it is is because the Knicks are a part of it. And that is where the Knicks have gotten back to. You know, if you think back to decades ago when it seemed like it was Knicks fans' birthright every weekend. And back then it was the Sunday at 5.30 game on NBC. That was the biggest matchup of the weekend. And the Knicks were always involved, whether they were playing the Bulls or whether they were playing the Pacers or later on in the decade, whether they were playing Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. The biggest reason those events were so big was because the Knicks were a part of it. That is the reason why this is such a big event tonight, because the Knicks are the story. The Knicks are the event tonight. Jalen Brunson is the event tonight. You have the best basketball player of this generation in the building in LeBron James, his one and only visit of the season, with rumors all week long, coincidental or not, swirling about LeBron James's future in Los Angeles. But the thing that gets that brings this event over the top tonight is where the Knicks are in the standings and where the Knicks are right now is in third place with a bullet a half game behind the Milwaukee Bucks now five games behind the Boston Celtics one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference and playing better than any team in the NBA you know what do you have to do to be a successful team in the NBA you have to protect your home court the Knicks are 18 and 5 at home they actually got off to a bit of a slow start at home this season. They all lost their first two games. A tough one to the Celtics and then a tough one to the Cleveland Cavaliers. 0-2 to start the season at home. Since then, 18-3 in their last 21 games at Madison Square Garden. You've got to be average to above average on the road. The Knicks are 14-12 and away. This team under Tom Thibodeau has always been a terrific road team. And this season is no different. You have to have a star. Well, the Knicks have a star. They have two stars, in fact, but they have a star, and he's going to be on the court tonight in Jalen Brunson. And he took another leap forward in Knicks lore on Thursday night by what he did or what was accomplished by him before the game, being named an all-star for the first time, and then going out. And let's be honest, that game on Thursday was fantastic. That was probably, for me, that was probably the best atmosphere that I've seen at Madison Square Garden this year. You know, we've had some great comeback wins. The Knicks have. We've seen some great ones. The Black Friday game between the Knicks and the Heat when they were down by 21 late in the third quarter as part of the in-season tournament. Came all the way back and won that game. That was extremely exciting. OG Ananobi's first game on New Year's Day when you saw the first inkling of what this team could look like. Remember that Knicks team that started the calendar year 2024 was limping in on a three-game losing streak. They had just gone on a tough road trip, lost all three games to the Thunder, to the Magic, to the Pacers. They came to Madison Square Garden that day, and they beat the top team in the Western Conference. But the game the other night against the Pacers, and it was it was kind of a throwback game, and not just because of who the opponent was. Knicks fans know that throughout history that this team has had some great battles with that franchise from Indiana, but it was so physical, and that was part of the rivalry from a couple of decades ago. They were playing extremely physical on Jalen Brunson, and they used that to jump out to a 15-point lead. 
the Knicks were not shooting particularly well from the floor. The Pacers were doing what they do, pushing the pace, building a lead, knocking down three-pointers, scoring inside the paint, and it looked like, okay, look, the Knicks come in on an eight-game winning streak. They're missing Randall. They're missing Ananobi. They were also missing Quentin Grimes. They were basically playing with a seven- or eight-man rotation. They fell behind by 15 points. These games happened. But then they started to claw back before the end of the first half. Brunson got them to within seven. And then they continue to chip away all through the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, they make their run. And one of the biggest reasons you want to point to, and people have, the fact that Tyrese Halliburton, Indiana's all-star point guard, was on a minutes restriction, so he didn't play in the fourth quarter. And people are pointing to that as the reason why the Knicks were able to come from behind and beat the Pacers. You're darn right it was a big reason why the Knicks were able to beat the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton's having one of the best seasons in the NBA this season, but that's the point. That's the point when you're talking about this Knicks team. They don't load manage. They don't do minutes restrictions. If you can play that night, you play that night as hard as you can, as long as you can, and you do whatever it takes to help the team win. And that is what this team is doing right now and has been since the calendar turned to 2024. Ananobi comes in, and they go 12-2 and with him in the lineup. And then he gets hurt, along with Julius Randle. And then they keep on winning. They beat the Hornets. They come home to beat the Jazz. They come home and come from behind to beat the Indiana Pacers. No Randle. No Ananobi. Let's not forget, this team is still playing without Mitchell Robinson. It's starting center who, before he got injured in early December, was playing the best basketball of his NBA career. So what does that mean? That means that over these last three games, two of them against 500 or better teams that are in contention for either the playoffs or a play-in spot in the Jazz and the Pacers, over these last three games, the Knicks have gone 3-0 and without their entire starting front line. Ananobi out. Randall out. Robinson out. And they keep on winning. You need more offense? Dante DiVincenzo. Here's Deuce McBride giving you 16 points off the bench. You need more defense and rebounding and hustle. Things that you lost with Ananobi out of the lineup. Things that you lost with Mitchell Robinson out of the lineup. How about Precious Achua? A double-double. 16 rebounds. Isaiah Hartenstein. 19 rebounds. Tom Thibodeau. And this is why he has been such a successful regular season coach. Last month, he won his 500th career game as an NBA head coach. He was the 36th man to ever do that. Of the 36 to win 500 games, then the next thing you want to look at is, okay, well, what was their winning percentage? Of the 36 coaches who are in the 500 win club, Tom Thibodeau has the 12th best winning percentage as a head coach. And that is an overlooked skill of the Knicks head coach. The fact that he doesn't lose sight of what his job is and what his job is, is to win basketball games. On Thursday night, he looked at what he had. He said, this is how we're going to beat the Pacers tonight. And the Knicks went out and did that. And then the expectation, of course, is that tonight he will do the same thing against the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, there's a lot of injury concerns about this game. And those will be ironed out as we get closer to tip-off. I'll be here. Uh, I'll actually be here till 8.30, but at 8 o'clock, we're going to switch over to 
New York Knicks game night. And I'll have the pregame coverage for you right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. But in the Lakers last game, they were in Boston on Thursday night. LeBron James and Anthony Davis both sat out. And somehow the Lakers still beat a Boston team that was at full strength. Tonight, Davis is listed as questionable. LeBron is listed as questionable. From the Knicks' perspective, Randall and Robinson, of course, remain out. Quinton Grimes is out for a second straight game. And OG Ananobi is listed as questionable. So Tom Thibodeau will meet with the media at about 645. And we will hopefully have an update on who's in and who's out after that. Darvin Ham, the head coach of the L.A. Lakers, will speak with the media at 7 o'clock. And then, of course, we'll be here until 8 o'clock. And the New York Knicks game night comes your way then and tip off shortly after 8.30 from Madison Square Garden. Next hour, I will also be joined by Alan Hahn. He's at the Garden. He's on the call for us tonight here on the radio, and he'll help set the stage for the Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers. Huge game at Madison Square Garden, and the biggest reason why? It's because the red-hot Knicks are at Madison Square Garden. We'll open up the phone lines, 1-800-919-3776. Your thoughts on the Knicks winning streak, this game tonight, and a crucial next five or six days as the NBA trade deadline is less than a week away on Thursday afternoon, February 8th. Knicks, Lakers, it all leads up to that right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. Here till 8 o'clock when Knicks pregame coverage gets underway. Knicks and Lakers from Madison Square Garden. Want to remind you to come out and see the Michael K. Show live this Friday at 3 p.m. from Plattsdeutsch Bank in uh, Plattsdeutsch Park, excuse me, in Franklin Square, Long Island, for a special countdown to kick off broadcast to get you ready for the big game. Live music from one of the Tri-State's best cover bands, The Mystic. We're bringing the big game experience to you at Plattdeutsch Park. Brought to you by Wise Snacks, Security Dodge, Resorts World Catskills, Chili Willy and Cool Carl's Ice, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, and the new Tullamore Dew Honey. This is why Madison Square Garden is great, because you've got this huge game tonight, the Knicks and the Lakers, and earlier today, You had the number one college basketball team in the country, which happens to have a huge following in New York City. The UConn Huskies, also at Madison Square Garden, playing against St. John's. UConn won 77-64. They are rolling right now at 20-2. St. John's still in position to reach the NCAA tournament in its first year under head coach Rick Pitino, but still some work for St. John's to do down the stretch of the season. But, you know, the Garden, and this is when the teams are good, you have a lot of days like this, whether it's a college and Knicks doubleheader, whether it's a Knicks and Rangers doubleheader, and all teams are good right now. You know, St. John's is in position where, Yes, it's always a big deal when UConn comes to town or when the number one team in the country comes to town, but it's a bigger deal when they come to town to take on the home team when it's playing well, and that was the case earlier today. And the same thing, when the Knicks are playing extremely well right now. The Rangers have been in first place for forever in their division. It seems like as you get later into the season, look, we got a week left of football. The Super Bowl is a week from tomorrow, as we all know. After that, the focus shifts to the NBA, to the NCAA tournament, 
the stretch run of the NBA season. You sprinkle in a little baseball, which will be starting around that same time. And if your team, whether it's in, in the NHL playoffs, if your team, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Rangers or one of the local teams, goes on a run, it's extremely exciting every single day, especially when you do what we get to do here on this station. And so far, look, there's a lot of work to be done. But so far, what the Knicks and the Rangers have done this season is put themselves in position where a run like that is possible. I will hear from some of the key players in tonight's game as we continue here. But first, let's open up the phone lines at 1-800-919-3776, 1-800-919-ESPN. We'll start things off with Richard in Manhattan. Hey, Richard. Pat, what the Knicks are doing is all on Thibodeau. See, when you see a game the, uh, against Indiana, they got 47 rebounds from their front line. Starting, I go back to 1963. I don't ever remember Willis Reed and Walt Bellamy and Dick Van Arsdale combining for 47. This is Thibodeau. These are all his players. That's why when people call up, oh, we got to get the Whatever Thibodeau thinks will work, will work. That's all you want to do. Look, the Knicks went out and got Kevin Knox and Kemba Walker and Fournier and Reddish. These are not his players. So it looks like that these guys couldn't contribute. He never wanted these guys. But these other guys now that they're getting are his players. He's plugging in guys. I'm not so sure that this guy, uh, pressure shouldn't be starting every game. If he's going to give me 14 rebounds at the power forward spot and not worry about looking for shots, we'll get our shots from, uh, from Brunson and DiVizenzo. What's wrong with that? You know, in the old days, everybody didn't shoot in the NBA. You had two guys, and that was it. Nowadays, there's this fallacy, oh, you've got to shoot the three-point shot or else you don't belong in the NBA. And I'd been hearing that for a couple of years, and I, and I bought into it. I thought the game was just a video game where you score 150 points and that's it. And if you're not hitting the three-pointer, you don't deserve But Thibodeau knows the game. He's plugging in all these uh, uh, hot the other night. He had 14 rebounds. He took three shots, I think. That's what this game is all about, getting the right players to play the right way. It's all, so that's why when I hear people now, they're calling, oh, we need this guy, we need that. It's all on Thibodeau and Leon Rose. You get him the right players, no matter who he's plugging in there, that's right. they're playing great ball, and it's Richard, wonderful and they, to watch. Absolutely. It's Good talking no, to you. I'm sorry, Keith. No, that's I'm all right. Sorry, Thanks Pat. for the call, as always. Always but a pleasure, Pat. That you're, you're right, Richard. This whole transformation of the Knicks, it started with Leon Rose being hired and officially taking over in March of 2020, just before the season was suspended because of the pandemic. And then, of course, his most important move to date, and he's made a lot of really good moves. His most important move was that subsequent offseason when he hired Tom Thibodeau as the head coach. And now this will be year number four. It is year number four. This will be their third trip to the playoffs in four years um, after they had not gone to the postseason for seven consecutive seasons before Tom Thibodeau arrived. And the one season that Richard alluded to, that was Tibbs' second year, where he came in, and, and by the way, and we've talked about this, but go back and take a look at the 2021 Knicks that earned the number four seed in the East, and they lost in the first round to Atlanta. And, and fans were diff disappointed with that. You're always disappointed with a playoff loss, of course. But go back and, and look at that Knicks team 
and the guys who were playing big minutes for that. If you want to know how good of a coach Tom Thibodeau is, that was the year that Julius Randle took the leap forward, became an all-star, and he was also named All-NBA second team. He was also named the NBA's most improved player. The second leading scorer on that team was R.J. Barrett. In the playoffs, the leading scorer was Derrick Rose, who the Knicks acquired in a midseason trade from the Pistons on Super Bowl Sunday of that year. But Alfred Payton, for the vast majority of that season, was the starting point guard. Reggie Bullock, for the vast majority of the season, was in the starting lineup. You had Alec Burks playing big minutes off the bench. You had Nerlens Noel playing big minutes off the bench. I mean, if you just hear those names, that wasn't that long ago. That doesn't scream top four team in the Eastern Conference. This is one of the best coaches in the NBA, and... This is one of the greatest coaches in Knicks history. You know, I spoke earlier and gave the stat about all the coaches who have won 500 games or more, of which Tom Thibodeau has won, the most recent. And he was the 36th to do it, and he has the 12th best winning percentage among all of those coaches. He's the the fifth winningest coach in Knicks history. And he just it feels like he just got here. It's year number four. And the four names above him on the Knicks' all-time wins list, obviously Red Holtzman, whose victory total of 613 hangs from the Raptors at Madison Square Garden. And he's the man who led this franchise to their only two NBA championships. 613 wins with one franchise, let alone the two championships. That's going to be very difficult to catch. And then you had the two coaches from the 90s, first Pat Riley and second Jeff Van Gundy and no one and Riley was only here for four years but no one won games at such a high rate of percentage as Pat Pat Riley did during his four-year stint as head coach and then Van Gundy uh, took over obviously Don Nelson lasted a little more than half a season in between Riley and Van Gundy but then Van Gundy also had a ton of success and then the other name above Tom Thibodeau is Joe Lapchick who's a famous name in Knicks history and was their first successful coach in the early years of the franchise. Also had a lot of success as the head coach at St. John's University. But Holzman, Lapchick, Riley, Van Gundy. Everybody knows those names. Tom Thibodeau, those are the only names above Tom Thibodeau right now. And the only year that he's not going to have led the team to the playoffs was that second year where he took them to the playoffs in year number one. And the personnel started that offseason. And, and Richard, the caller, mentioned a couple of the names. Kemba Walker. Uh, Evan Fournier, even though Fournier had a terrific shooting season, his one year as the starter set the franchise record in three-pointers with 241 threes that first season, but he wasn't necessarily a fit. Nerlens Noel's production took a dip. Derrick Rose was injured and wasn't as impactful as he had been. But even that year, go back and look at that year. Knicks got off to a very slow start, and they finished strong. That's what should make fans so excited here. And I've been saying this since November. I remember the first time I said it, we were on the road in Charlotte getting ready for a Knicks-Hornets game. So this was the middle of November, like the 17th or the 18th. And the Knicks were above 500 at the time. All of Tom Thibodeau's seasons, even the two that he went to the playoffs so far, you know, last year they were 10-13 and 13 out of the gate. And it took them until mid-December to kind of stabilize. This Knicks team has been a 500 or better team since the beginning. Tom Thibodeau's teams, each of their first three seasons, their last two months, their last half of the season is always their best. So if the Knicks right now are coming in tonight with a record of 32-17, and 17, this is game number 50. What are the last 33 games going to look like if they continue to follow the trend of Tom Thibodeau teams improving As the season goes on, that's why, look, this winning streak is fun. Nine straight wins, hopefully 10 tonight if they keep this rolling, and we'll see if Ananobi's able to play tonight. But now is the time, as we approach the trade deadline, as 
we approach the stretch run of the season, the all-star break and what comes after that. Now is the time to really start thinking big picture about this team. This is more, this is about more than just a nine game winning streak. This is about how far can this team go? Because again, if they continue to follow the pattern that Tom Thibodeau teams do, at least with the Knicks, then this team's only going to get better. And I think we're seeing that already. That's fair to say. They're 15 and two. They're 15 and two since January 1st. Let's go back to the phones, Jose in Brooklyn. Hey, Jose. Hey, good evening, Pat. Shout out to the company. Um, you know me, I definitely like to talk Nick basketball. And whenever you're on, it's always awesome because. You know, you, you always see things in a different way and you don't, you know, always prescribe to, you know, the talk, the, like, you know, the talking head analyst, uh, analyst that we normally see on TV. So what, um, and, you know, to, I, I do have a Jalen Brunson point, but I did want it to like, you know, expand on the, that team that did make the, the, the run all the way to the four seed. And, you know, you you were right, and Richard was right. They brought in guys that weren't Tom Thibodeau players. And just from looking back at it from the addition from subtraction, we see that Alec Burt, you know, even though those players weren't great, those players were still better than, you know, what we what we brought in to kind of, and what we thought was going to, you know, give us more offense and give us a better chance. And we ended up going from four to nine. Um, but the, that, cause you know, uh, and the reason I, I say that is cause, you know, I find like Reggie Bullock and a, a lot of those other players, they were, they ended up being on other winning teams and played very well. So, you know, it, there, there was something Thibodeau did definitely unlock something in those players. Um, but the, Point, the main point that I wanted to call in on was, you know, the emergence of Jalen Brunson. I think that the fact that him turning into a superstar right in front of our eyes is kind of the big reason for also another big reason for the hype that surrounds this team right now because we kind of have a star to actually call our own for the first time. And he actually has produced in the playoffs as well. So it's something that... You know, it, 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 it's an awesome feeling, and now we no longer have to worry or wonder about, you know, if we didn't make this draft pick right or that draft pick right because we picked a solid, we, we picked a solid player that we know we're going to lock up for the future, and I'm really hoping that we can still, you know, hopefully make um, forward strides for, for this team because I think that, you know, you guys were right. You were. You said um, he should have been an all-star last year, and the fact that he's not a starter this year, you know, it's more based off of popularity, and we'll see, you know, him, him rise up again next year, and I think that this is going to be an awesome ride. So hopefully the Knicks can, you know, do do right by him and still continue to build off of what, what him and well, Tibbs are Jose, kind of I'm doing. Glad, I'm glad you brought Brunson up, and thanks as always for the call. I'm glad you brought Brunson up because I have some clear thoughts on Jalen Brunson because I thought he's been – obviously, as we all know, terrific since he joined the Knicks prior to last offseason and what he did improving last year, getting to the playoffs, um, a Herculean effort by him then, and then just elevating that this season. Um, the other night was a special night. It was for a special night for Brunson, for the Knicks, and for the Knicks fans. And the connection that occurred on the floor at Madison Square Garden was, was I think, 
huge and could have a lot of significance going forward. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, some thoughts on Brunson, what transpired with him the other night, and we'll get to more of your calls, 1-800-919-3776, leading you up till Nick's pregame coverage at 8 o'clock. It's Pat O'Keefe. Until then and after them on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. Knicks beat the Lakers in mid-December. It was a tight game. The Knicks pulled away late. LeBron James, Anthony Davis both played that night. Julius Randle had a monster game, as he usually does when he goes back to his former team. Of course, the Knicks are without him tonight. Jalen Brunson scored 29 points in that victory. That was part of the Knicks' first Western road trip. It was a good road trip for them as they went 2-2 two and two in mid-December. Um and now here we are again, second and final meeting of the regular season. New York, Los Angeles, always fun. Knicks coming off that win the other night against the Indiana Pacers when they trailed by 15 early, trailed by 10 in the third quarter, and came back to win 109-105. And really the, the turning point, the memorable sequence from that game, the Knicks had scratched and clawed all night to take the lead, which they finally did. Brunson giving them the lead midway through the fourth quarter at 93-91. And then the Knicks actually built a what seemed to be a bit of a comfortable lead after that. They took the lead finally, and then they were up 97-91 with four minutes to go. And then they went a little cold. And then Indiana started to chip away. And Pascal Siakam hit a jumper with just over two minutes left to make it 99-98. And on the inbounds, Jalen Brunson takes a shot to the face, falls to the ground. He's holding the basketball on the ground. Jalen Smith comes up because Brunson's lying on the ground, takes the ball from him, dunks it, and all of a sudden, the Garden was stunned because it looked like the Knicks were going to seal this game, and they're now losing 100-99. to And Tom Thibodeau and Jalen Brunson are furious at the no call. And then the Garden Vision folks who... Um, you know, handle in arena operations, replayed during the timeout over and over and over again. In as slow motion as you can get, it seemed, Jalen Brunson clearly getting whacked across the face and the officials obviously missing the call. So out of the timeout, what does Brunson do? I mean, he was he was so fired up. He Again, I, I mentioned this earlier, the Pacers were playing so physical against Jalen Brunson in the first half of that game. And there was a lot of physical play on both sides. They were letting go. It had the old-school feel of a Knicks-Pacers game from about 20, 25 years ago. Out of the timeout, though, Brunson takes the ball right to the basket, gets fouled, hits one of his patented floaters in the lane, and all of a sudden the Knicks are back on top 101-100, to and Brunson ends up on the baseline. And there were two or three violent and vociferous fist pumps to the crowd, firing them up. Brunson feeding off the crowd at that moment. It really was a special moment for him. And then he actually missed the free throw. But Hartenstein got the offensive rebound. And Dante DiVincenzo hit a jumper to put the Knicks up three. The Knicks never trailed the rest of the way. But Brunson's performance from start to finish the other night, being named an all-star, he was announced as such before the game started with the starting lineups and received a standing ovation for that, as was Julius Randle, even though he wasn't playing and in the starting lineup. 
And then for Brunson to go out and score 40 points and cap off his night like that, where in one moment it seemed like the Knicks had blown an opportunity for a terrific come-from-behind win. And then out of that timeout, Brunson was like, no, this is not how it's going to end. And then the other special and memorable moment from that night came after the game where they do the on-court interview, and it was actually Alan Hahn, who's going to join me in about a half an hour or so. Alan Hahn was handling those duties for MSG, usually handled by Rebecca Harlow, uh, and Alan with an emotional Jalen Brunson on the garden floor afterwards. That looked like a prize fight. How did that feel? That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. The night started with you being named to your first All-Star game. Just talk about the journey you've been on and how it has reached this point now where you're on the garden floor hearing MVP chants and you're going to the All-Star game. I mean... I got, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. It was, it was emotional. It was kind of a special moment there on the garden floor. I'm going to ask Alan about that when we speak in about a half an hour or so. Alan will be at the garden. He's there right now getting set for the Knicks and the, uh, and the Lakers tonight. But, you know, the easy stock phrase about this Knicks team has been they need another star or they need a star. I mean, first it was they need a star, and then it was they need another star, and now – it's, well, they need a better star than the Jalen Brunson. That's the stock phrase for people who, you know, don't see the Knicks as a serious contender. And I'm not saying right now that the Knicks are, are going to the NBA Finals or even the Eastern Conference Finals because those are very, very long roads to get through. And, yes, they're in third place right now, and they're a half game behind Milwaukee, and they're even closing the gap on the Boston Celtics. But don't discount the teams that are behind them. You know, the 76ers, and they have their own issues now with the Joel Embiid knee injury. If he can't fully function, then I definitely see them taking a significant step back. But don't discount the Pacers were playing as well as anyone when fully healthy, and they're not fully healthy. Tyrese Halliburton is still on a minutes restriction. The Cavaliers, despite how hot the Knicks have been, the Cavaliers, even though they've been shorthanded without Darius Garland and for a lot of time without Evan Mobley, have pretty much kept pace with the Knicks, and that's been very impressive. And then you always have the Miami Heat, who have a new-look squad now after the trade last week for Terry Rozier. Some growing pains as they all figure that thing out. But if Miami has proven one thing in recent years, it's that, as far as they're concerned, the regular season doesn't matter all that much. So it's a long road for the Knicks to get to a conference finals. Dare I say an NBA finals. I'm not saying that that's where they are right now. But the stock response to why it's going to be difficult for the Knicks to do that is always they need a better star. Jalen Brunson takes the floor tonight, averaging 27.1 points per game. From downtown, three-point attempts, he's shooting just under 42%. He's averaging six and a half assists. His field goal percentage is an extremely efficient 48% for a perimeter player of his size. My question is this. How many points a game does he need to average before he's considered a proper star? Do we need to get to 27 and a half? Do we need to get to 28? Do we need to get to 30? You know what I'm saying? 
he's up to 27 points per game. You know, last year he was a 22-point-per-game scorer, and it took him about two, two-and-a-half months to really fit in with his new team and assert the kind of authority that he eventually did that was needed for this team to take off and reach a different level. And he came into this season as the unquestioned leader of this team, as good as Randall is and as many things as he does for this team, just the structure of the Knicks right now with Brunson as the number one guy and Randall as a really, really good number two guy, that is what works right now. But how many points does this guy, you know, five 40-point games now, nine 40-point games in two years as a Nick? He hasn't even, not even two years, a year and a half as a Nick, nine 40-point games for Jalen Brunson. How many more points does he have to score until he's considered a quote-unquote proper star. That's that's just what I'm wondering. How high do we have to go? Because if you look at the NBA, you know, so who are, who are the stars? Who are the stars in the NBA? Obviously, you know, Embiid and Luka and SGA and Giannis and Kevin Durant and Booker, all right? Steph Curry. Brunson's... Curry averages 27.4. Donovan Mitchell averages 28.1. Booker averages 28.2. Jalen Brunson is right there, right on the heels of all of those guys. You know, Kevin Durant is seen as someone who can lead a star to a championship, even though he's never actually been the leading man on a championship team. Devin Booker is seen as someone who can do that. Giannis has done it. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is seen as someone who can do that. So is Luka Doncic. So is Joel Embiid even though Embiid's never been to the conference finals. Doncic has never been to the NBA finals. SGA, how far has he gotten? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Has he ever been out of the first round? I don't think he has. But he's considered that, but not Jalen Brunson. You know, and it's, the, it's part of the narrative about Jalen Brunson his entire career. You know, smaller type player, didn't have the prototypical NBA body that Draft scouts fall in love with, fell to the second round, started as a bench player for the Mavericks, had to earn his way into the starting lineup there. And then when Luka went down his final season in Dallas for the first half of a playoff series, he was the best player on a team that ultimately won that series. And by the time Dallas realized what they had, it was too late. He already had his heart set on coming to New York. Thank God for Knicks fans. But even last year, he's overpaid. He's never been a full-time starting point guard. You gave this guy $26 million a year. It's the highest contract ever for someone who's never been an all-star. So he comes to New York, and he has to prove himself over again. And by the final game of the season last year in the playoffs, he's pretty much keeping the Knicks afloat himself. R.J. Barrett had a tough shooting night. Julius Randle was playing on a bulky ankle. Brunson goes out and scores 40 points and almost dragged the Knicks back to a Game 7 at Madison Square Garden and within one game of the NBA championship. There's your star, folks. There's your star. You've got your star. And the last thing I'll add, and then we'll take a quick break, the last thing I'll add, being around this team as much as I am, he is the best teammate you could ever ask for. He's the best teammate you could ever want leading in your locker room on top of everything he does performance-wise on the court. And we'll talk about that with Alan Hahn next hour. More of your calls, 1-800-919-3776. Pat O'Keefe with you till 8, and then Nick's pregame right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, the Michael K. Show will be live from UBS Arena this Thursday, February 8th, before the Islanders face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're giving away eight pairs of lower bowl tickets plus one pair of premium club seats at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contests and submit your entry. Brought to you by the New York Islanders. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. So updates from Madison Square Garden. According to SNY's Ian Begley, a frequent friend of this program, OG Ananobi will once again not play tonight, according to Tom Thibodeau. So for this Knicks-Lakers game, you can anticipate... Tibbs rolling out the same starting five that he has used this week. It worked in Charlotte on Monday. It worked against Utah on Tuesday. It worked against Indiana on Thursday. Brunson and DiVincenzo in their customary spots. And the new starting forward combination of Josh Hart and Precious Achua in place of OG Ananobi and Julius Randle. And then, of course, Isaiah Hartenstein in the middle for the Knicks, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. VJ in Brooklyn. VJ, what's going on? Hey, Pat. How you doing, man? Uh, first, I just want to say appreciate everything that you do and all the good content you've brought throughout your career, man. I'm, I follow a lot of what you do, so appreciate what you do, man. Uh, you brought up a really good point about Jalen Brunson uh, and the recognition of a star, right? And so I, I, before I just get into my comment overall, I just want to preface this by saying the Knicks have created – this type of atmosphere uh, against ourselves over the past about two decades, right? Being a laughing stock of the NBA, a joke of the NBA, all the headlines and the problems with Charles Oakley and Dolan and Phil Jackson and all of that, right? We've, we've created the stigma that's around us that we are a joke. And so it makes it really hard for others to believe that our players are stars and it makes it very easier for the media to make fun of us and to really downgrade anything that we've accomplished. With that said, if you take a look at Jalen Brunson right now, unfortunately, everything that he's done last season and this season, he's a phenomenal player, and he is a star. But it's going to take him consistency with the New York and with the NBA for him to prove to others that he's an actual star in this league. Jalen Brunson, hands down by far, not just embodies by his playing style and his success rate, but his characteristic, his respect for the game, and his relationship with the NBA. That guy is a superstar. Whether you call him short, whether you say he's not good enough or he's not worth his money, whatever they wanted to call him, he's proven everyone wrong silently without creating any crazy headlines. All the headlines come to him. He does not create it like LeBron does. There's no comment that Jalen Brunson says, and the media blows it up. And so with that said, I just want to say respect to Jalen Brunson. Us here in New York, we know he's a superstar. And in a short time, the NBA is going to have no choice and the media is going to have no choice but to recognize him as a superstar because he's not going to get any worse. This guy's only going to get better. And my last comment, if you're okay with it, there's a lot of hate that Julius Randle gets. Him being out and this team winning, that, that, is, that is absolutely a statement to Thib's success, Leon Rose putting this team together. But it's also an eye-opening statement for those that really hate on Randle. He's an important piece to what we do. And remember, this guy, he doesn't take any days off. He takes pay cuts to help the team. And on top of that, he take, you could see the leadership from Emmanuel quickly leaving and the things he said about that to the love that R.J. Barrett has for him as well. 
this guy is a leader. Just because he has some flaws doesn't mean that we don't show that guy love and respect. So to this Knicks team, I am proud of this team. I appreciate it. I've been a fan for way too long and sat through too many terrible seasons. We deserve this. Let's enjoy it. Let's support our team and make sure that however we end up, you got to put the trust into the players and the leaders of this team, including Thibs, including World Wide West, and including Leon the Don Rose. Pat, thank you for your time tonight, man. Good call, BJ. Thanks a lot. You know, that's uh, there's a lot of excitement, and rightfully so, for this team. Long way to go, but yes, enjoy where you are right now. And I do think, you know, if you if you go back in, in not too far away history, you know, as I alluded to this earlier, before Tom Thibodeau got here, seven consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs. Within that stretch, the Knicks not once but twice went 17 and 65. So if you're a 25-year-old fan and you started coming of age as a Knicks fan around, you know, the age of 11 or 12, like 13 years ago, your first experiences with this team were with them not having a lot of success. So it's it's challenging to kind of wash that away and fully embrace what you're seeing right now as opposed to if, to if as if you just kind of dropped in right now and we're experiencing this all for the first time. The Randall point's a really good one. And I just, last week, we had on our station the Knicks and Miami Heat. It was part of that rivalry week, and the game after that was Philadelphia at Denver. And I understand what has happened since then with Joel Embiid injuring his knee against Golden State and being out for we don't know how long, and it's a significant injury. But at the time, the thought was Joel Embiid was going to finally play in Denver against Nikola Jokic, and he didn't. And the image that I have in my head of that game is Embiid standing behind the 76ers huddle during a timeout, and the Denver fans who had paid so much money to see this MVP matchup at center taunting Embiid because he didn't take the floor that night, and Embiid taunting them back. Think about how much money those fans paid to get in there to watch Embiid play. And Embiid didn't play. And then on top of that, he thumbs his noses, his nose at those fans. And now think about Julius Randle and what he would do to get on the floor tonight. That's Julius Randle. We'll have more on this as we continue on ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN.